Welcome to episode six of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back. Hello. All right. Well, that was a pretty huge podcast, that last episode. There was a lot to cover. Yes, and so we haven't been quite as busy, which is good news. That is correct. But still lots to cover today. And we thought we should acknowledge the opening credit. You might have noticed that we included Jasper. Yes. Well, we were listening to a previous episode while we were traveling in the car the other day, and Jasper flat out asked us where was he he wasn't included in the introduction to the podcast we felt terrible we did so there you have it he's in there now and he will stay yes (laughs) which is good because i mean he's probably one of the major parts of this whole journey and why we ended up deciding to do this good point good point yes so this week we've left gimpy region we've left mariborough and we're heading out West, directly west from Pune, actually, and we stop in our first destination is a little place called Mandabra. Yeah, so leaving Pune was actually quite a momentous uh, achievement, if that's the right <laughs> word to use for us. I guess we'd been living in Orange for some time and getting used to or trying to get used to what this new lifestyle looks like, but we still had those family connections. Whilst we were in Pune, we were very close to my family and that was wonderful and lovely and great to have access to all of the luxuries that come with living beside a a house as well. So it was really exciting to actually... And we were ready too, weren't we? We were ready. We really Mm. were ready. And You know, we love being with family, but we were ready to get on the road and really experience what this new lifestyle is going to feel like. So that that was huge, leaving Pune and saying goodbye to family. And we did. We made our way out to Mandabra, which is only a couple of hour drive. Well, depends. On Google, it's a couple of hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) In real RV time, Mm -hmm. it's about three to three and a half yeah Mm. and um we headed out to mandabra because we had been invited to come and experience some local farms in particular a pecan farm which i was very excited about because i love pecans and a blueberry farm as well and who doesn't love blueberries And what was great is that on the way, we stopped in front of a giant orange in a little town called Gainda. And so we got to have a photo of orange in front of orange, which Jasper thought was hysterical. And we got a couple of great photos there and we've posted those up on Instagram and Facebook. So you'll have to check those out. No, we did think that was very funny. In fact... Gainda and Mandabra, that region of Queensland is known as the the citrus capital of Queensland. So there were citrus orchards um, everywhere as we were driving out there. So when we did see that giant orange, I think we were all a bit excited actually. A pretty cool fact actually about Mandabra and Gainda is that if you're Australian and you live on the east coast of Australia, you'd be very familiar with the state of origin a National Rugby League football event 
that is the highlight of the season and it's made against mate, it's state against state. Well, there is arguably a bit of a contest between Mundubra and Gainda for who actually holds the title of the citrus capital of Australia. So each year they have their local football teams play during the season for the state of oranges. That's hysterical. I love that. Good old country town fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up going out to uh, past Gainda and onto Mundubra and not actually to see citrus. Our first stop was this incredible pecan farm. Now, neither of us had ever been to a pecan farm or had really much understanding of how pecan is even produced. It was fascinating. I mean, first of all, I think it's really important to talk about the people that we met behind the Mm. pecans. So Jason and Jenny Smith, who invited us out onto their farm, were just beautiful, Yeah, salt of the earth, gorgeous people. We instantly fell in love with them and they welcomed us not only onto their farm but also into their home. So generous, just and uh, just a... uh, I think the right word is care, just this genuine over, yeah, amount of care and the, in the way they present themselves, the way they, uh, you know, really embraced us all, the way they were with Jasper, the way Jason was with Jasper. It was just really, really lovely. Actually, that's a really good point to make. And we found this uh, at the Blueberry Farm as well, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about next. Really authentic people. You know, there's no airs or graces. It's just let's just be good people and, you know, connect on a different level. And I think for me personally, that's what I loved the most about both experiences on the farm was spending time with these incredible people and walking away feeling like they're not just people that we met. I I actually feel like, you know, they're friends for want of a better word, that we've got a relationship with them now. And they, they left us with an open invitation to come back spend some more time, get to know them even better. And we we were just uh, amazed at how quickly that connection was able to happen and how quickly they were welcoming us into their their homes. Absolutely. And the farm was beautiful. Now, I don't know if anybody listening has seen a pecan farm The trees are amazing. The trees are actually deciduous, and there's two parts to this. One was that we were actually out of season. So we, in one hand, we got there. I was like, ah, this is a bit disappointing because we're not going to actually even get to see a pecan. Well, there were no pecans on the trees. That's right. No, but because the trees are deciduous, they had actually gone through that season, which apparently happens almost, you know, overnight or over a couple of nights where they go from no foliage Mm. to completely this vibrant, um, almost... It's like a jade green <laughs> colour. It's this effervescent green. It's it's so new with life yes. and so fresh looking. Yes. And so you can imagine the look of that. And we will make sure that we include, again, the show notes uh, YouTube channel episode that we did on 
both the pecans and the blueberries because the vision from the drone was just oh, incredible. It's spectacular. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. And green is my favourite colour. So I was just beside myself <laughs> with the beauty of this farm. Like Paul said, unfortunately, we'd missed the season in terms of being able to see the pecans on the trees. But what Jason and Jenny did was give us a tour of the farm and talk us through the process. Some fascinating facts, you know, like... I think Which, to be fair, they possibly wouldn't have been able to do be had they been in harvest. Well, that's true too. So it, it really did work out better. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, again, they gave up hours of their time to spend with us. So considering it really is just themselves and a couple of staff working on their huge farm to give us... 22,000 trees. Yeah, wow. wow. I mean, that, that's incredible. Yeah. To, get, to afford us that amount of time really was very special and we're super grateful for that. It was so interesting to learn about the pecans and how they grow. It takes a pecan tree seven years to mature before mm -hmm. it produces a single nut. Once that happens, though, then it will keep on producing nuts every year of its life and that just goes on and on and on. There, There is no limit that they are aware of at this stage of, I guess, the age of the tree affecting the production mm. of the pecan, which I found really fascinating as well. They're hardworking trees. And what amazed me was that they have this uh, machine that goes in and it clamps onto the tree. It's called the shockwave. Cool name. Yeah, yeah, appropriately named. It clamps onto the base of the tree and it literally shakes it for three and a half to four seconds and pr and shakes off 20 to 25 kilos of pecans, which is actually the kernel in its shell. Yeah, so interesting. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but could you imagine doing that 22,000 times? Well, as Jason said, <laughs> when, when it's time for harvest, they pretty much work continuously around the clock mm -hmm. for 8 to 12 weeks to get the pecans harvested, um, and then the pecans are, are sent to... Another farm. Uh, another farm for processing. Yes. We were lucky enough to be gifted a beautiful bag of fresh pecans to ready, take home. Ready to eat. And it was so cool because as we did when we visited Lindell's Macadamia Farm back on the um, Fraser Coast, Jasper was able to try and taste his very first pecan and he loved them, which I'm really happy about as well. And he actually asks for a couple of pecans for dessert, which I'm also really happy about too. So um, yeah. we are still enjoying that beautiful bag of pecans. That's right. That you know we've we've still got pecans uh, in the fridge, which is wonderful. We also got to meet on the farm before we left a potty calf that Jason and Jenny had recently, I guess, taken over the care of. Um, sadly, the, the calf's mum was unwell and wasn't able to, to look after Lindsay, his name was. And so we got to go down with Jenny and meet Lindsay, who was just gorgeous. He was like, a little bit pushy. It was literally like a massive puppy. Oh, so cute it made me grit my teeth I just he was so cute I just wanted to squeeze him he was almost as big as me uh and we got to help Jenny feed him two big bottles of milk and listen to him slurping that down and have a pat and squeeze his nose and it was just again really awesome experience for Jasper so far removed from the first wow 
three years of his life in terms of experiences <laughs> that he's had, and it was awesome. Yeah, a, a, a true, authentic Australian farm experience. But amazing is, I think, the grit, the determination, uh, just how much hardship they had been through mm. as a family, as mm. a region, mm. uh, as farmers, and as many farmers in Australia go through. And they shared some of those stories. They had images of this incredible floods that completely wiped out their entire business and their family's farm in 2013 Mm -hmm. and that it was still a raw emotion that they shared with us you know it really goes to show how much that affects people and just the tenacity of these people oh just incredible absolutely incredible and i think to that point paul it's not just work for these people and Mm. i think that's becoming evident to us when we've visited all of the farms that we have so far, be it strawberries, macadamias, pecans. Yeah, they're not clocking on and clocking off. This is their life. It's their livelihood. And so all of those things, the hardships, you know, the good times, the bad times, it's all rolled up into one big ball. There's no separation between, you know, I'm going to leave my work behind and go home and clock off. No. That just doesn't happen. They're incredible. They are so hardworking. A, a, a massive newfound appreciation oh. for these people. Oh, for every farmer. I mean, and I'm sure that we'll meet so many more as we continue our travels around the country. It definitely gives you a deeper appreciation of where your food comes from. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I was saying to Paul, in fact, it's a seed that my mum planted in my in my mind before we left Pune, was to, I guess, put a, a, a new take on what some families would traditionally call grace at dinner time, but just to stop and have a moment to be really thankful and appreciative for where our food comes from because I think it's really easy to not put any thought into that. You know, we live in such a blessed country where we can go to the store and buy what we want and stock our fridge and pantry with very little thought of who, you know, who put that seed in the ground, who grew that vegetable, who grew that fruit. Absolutely. And what they go through to get that food onto our tables. And so that's something that I think we will um, now adopt into our mealtime routine is just a, a little pause to really acknowledge, I think, the people behind putting the food on our plates and also, you know, how blessed are we to live in a country where we do have access to this kind of incredible produce. Incredible. A great segue onto our next destination, which was... Smart Berries Blueberry Farm. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is hard to describe or even comprehend how large this farm was. Unbelievable. It it is set on 100 hectares, or I believe that's 240 acres, under one net or, you know, a massive net to help protect not only from birds but disease and other insects and things like that. And it is literally blueberries as far as the eye can oh, see. Oh, further than the eye can <laughs> see. I mean, we drove in our Hilux in and around the blueberry farm under the netting because there is no way that we could have walked 
anywhere near the kilometres that we probably drove around the blueberry farm. Mm. It was unbelievable. They um, they are, are quite a rare farm in that they produce berries pretty much all year round. About 10 months of the year um, because of really the climate that is available in Mundabra, they are able to continuously produce blueberries. Mm. And I had no preconceived notion of how blueberries are harvested. I didn't know whether it was a machine or whether it was done by hand. And the day that we visited, the farm had 500 staff picking the blueberries, which again is just really hard to even comprehend that amount of people working on the farm. Um, but my goodness, weren't the blueberries incredible? The The blueberry bushes were chock full of big, fat, juicy blueberries like nothing I've ever seen before. And Sally, who showed us around, Oh, my goodness. She yeah. filled us up with so many berries. I mean, we weren't complaining. I was like, yeah, bring those berries on. But she did not hold back in allowing us to taste test the 12 varieties that they grow there on the farm. And wasn't Sally uh, jolly, just beautiful? She was awesome, the best person to be showing us around. She is the assistant farm manager at Smart Berries and also an agronomist, which basically means she is a plant doctor. So yeah. not only does she look after all of the coordination of the staff and the pickers, but she also has a huge amount to do with uh, everything in keeping the bushes healthy, in propagating new bushes, in looking at um, efficiencies and ways that the farm can work better and smarter. It was fascinating talking to Sally. It really was. And she even held up one, uh, I guess, stem mm -hmm. of one of the blueberry bushes and showed us that they actually propagate there and that from this one stem, which would have only been a couple of foot in height, yeah. that they could get five to six new plants from that one stem. It was just incredible. incredible. And not only did we fill our tummies, and I mean fill our tummies. <laughs> we were full. Jasper was full to the brim and so were we on blueberries. It's so it's interesting because I kept saying I just I'm that's it I can't eat any more and then we'd go down to the next variety of blueberries and I think I would consume probably at least another 20. So we seriously ate our way around the farm with Sally as she showed us the different varieties and the different tastes and textures and characteristics of the different blueberries and introduced us to some of the pickers too which is that just awesome. really lovely to to hear their, their own words and talk about the processes and, and how they go in, in sorting and basically getting such high-quality produce to our plate. Mm, amazing. And what was really, really lovely and, again, we were just so blown away was as we were leaving, uh, Sally, of course, gifted us a number of tubs of blueberries to take home and <laughs> gave us the hot tip that, given our tummies were already so full, we mm. might be best to freeze some of them, which I did. And now they're great. We've been using them in smoothies. I'm even going to start to throw some in 
on a Sunday morning when we make our pancakes. I'll throw some in the pancake batter. Um, they're just beautiful. Really wonderful experience and not something either of those farms uh, have a public access available to them. So what a what a gift that was to be able to experience that together and as a family. Oh, absolutely. And showcase, you know, just a little bit of, of what our Australian farmers are doing. So awesome. So from Mundabra, we hit the road again and we headed towards Maura before heading even further west uh, and northwest onto Carnarvon Gorge. Mm-hmm. Yes, as we were leaving Maura, the lady who was managing the caravan park there said to us, well, good luck. You're about to drive on Queensland's worst road. <laughs> Not really the words you want to hear, particularly in 40-degree heat, which we'd been experiencing oh since we arrived in Gainder and Mundubra, uh, and knowing that we had quite a few hours in front of us and a three-year-old who was already overtired and needed to sleep in the car. Yeah, I was a little bit like, oh, my God. But, you know, it again, talking about people in this episode and the incredible people, even with our conversation with her, uh, people at the various little roadhouses, other people travelling with caravans, truckies, farmers, we've had nothing but amazing experiences with generous, kind and caring Australians. I think that's it. I think what we've realized so far and again we've only been on the road for such a short time but you know even the people that we meet when we're paying for our petrol or the random people who you know if we're Paul's putting diesel in the the truck and they'll come up and have a yarn to him or ask us questions about the caravan Mm. the people that we have experienced so far on the road are people who genuinely just want to make a connection they're mm. good people. So that's been so enjoyable, hasn't it? It has been. It does, uh, you know, remind me of a story that uh, an author that my dad used to play in the car, Jim Rohn, used to say. And and the real crux of the story is that it doesn't matter where you travel or where you go, you always take yourself with you. Yeah, you know? well, why don't you do a, a really brief um version of of that particular story because it is good and it is really interesting so there's this uh this guy who's at a a roadhouse and he's he's standing there and he's like the proprietor and these uh, people come along in their caravan and they're like hey uh what are the the folk in the next town like and he says well what were the folk in the last town that you guys visitors like and they said oh they they were terrible. They were, you know, we had a horrible experience. We didn't really enjoy it. No one was friendly. Everyone was, you know, unkind, couldn't help. Uh, yeah, we, our experience was, was not good at all. And he said, well, yeah, unfortunately, I think you're going to find that that's the same version of people that you're going to find in the next town. Anyway, off they travel. And then the next family come along in their caravan and uh, ask the same question. Hey, Were they the feel-good family? They, yes, they were. How do you, uh, how can you tell us what the people in the next town are like? You know, we're headed that way. And he said, well, what were the people in the last town like? And they said, oh, gee, they were lovely. You know, it was incredible. They welcomed us in. They were generous. They couldn't do enough to help us. They were so caring. And he said, yeah, you know what? That's pretty well the nature of the people in the next town as well. And uh, off they travelled. And really the moral of the story is, you know, a lot a lot of 
this interaction, a lot of this experience really does uh, come down to your own attitude, I think, and, and the way you enter a lot of these situations. Um, we certainly have had scenarios even yesterday where we felt like, you know, something that could have maybe been not a friendly situation turned around. Um, Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. So, yeah, so the idea of that you take yourself with you, it's just a good one to keep, I think, yourself in check to always go in open-minded, open-hearted. Absolutely. You took the words out of my mouth. It's that keeping yourself in check in those uh, interactions and communications with with people because at the end of the day, I mean, this is a topic probably for a whole other podcast, but we really all are mirrors of each other. And, and I think if you approach a situation or a, a new relationship, you know, with whatever it is, whether it's kindness or anger or whatever it is that you take to that, that's what you're going to get back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. So that wraps up this week's episode. And next week we head to the spectacular Carnarvon <gasps> Gorge National oh, Park. So excited. And I just will quickly jump in and say, Paul, prior to us packing up our life and hitting the road on this crazy adventure, had the opportunity to visit Carnarvon Gorge mm. and came home to Jasper and I and said, we have to go. We are going there first. It is a definite, we need to experience this together as a family. Mm. And thank you. I'm yes. so glad that you did because it was amazing. We've just spent a week there. We've just left there. So we've, we've got a little bit of catching up uh, for content for you guys um but we also stayed at a wonderful bush camp called takaraka which has this beautiful indigenous language group there's a couple of language groups in that area um meaning which is peace and tranquility oh, and wasn't and that perfect was. mm. so lots to share next week for now we will wrap up we'd love you to connect with us on social media and our website all the W's dot the feelgoodfamily.com.au and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course YouTube. Yes, and our YouTube channel, The Feel Good Family, has a weekly episode released every Sunday night at 6:30 p.m. that shows some incredible footage. Oh, everything that we talk about in our podcast. So make sure that you check that out. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe and please share our podcast with everyone you know and write us a review. We would really love that. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for listening. Dream big. Look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.